the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Right, Tozer talks about, you know, the danger of having a Philip the calculator in the group. So as soon as you have this idea from God of what God wants to do, he breaks out his calculator and starts doing the calculation. Right? Again, I'm not saying be reckless, but you don't want to allow your need to have it all mapped out and figured out and calculated out to talk you out of doing what God has asked you to do. You go on faith. Do you ever struggle with being a Philip the Calculator? The world that we live in today has given us so much control over our lives. We don't have to pray for rain or for a place to stay at night. Unfortunately, it can make us forget how dependent we are on God, which can make us forget how big He is. I wonder what Jonah would have thought if God had told him that he was going to catch a ride to Nineveh in the belly of a fish. In today's message, Pastor Dan will show you that God's calling is his enablement. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 10 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So verse 5, so these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. On this commission, or with this commission, Jesus sent the apostles to the lost sheep of the house of Israel only. After the resurrection, before the ascension, Jesus will give what we call the Great Commission, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And so we're to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone, to all the world. But at this time, with this mission trip here, it's limited to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Only go to them. Don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to the Samaritans. Only the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Romans chapter 1, verse 16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And so the gospel should go to the Jew first, the covenant people through whom the law was given, the prophets came, through whom the Messiah came. It should go to the Jews first before it goes to the Gentiles. So he sends them to, he says, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. If you remember, we looked at several passages in the Old Testament that indicate that the Jewish people will be led astray and lost by the shepherds of Israel, the religious leaders. Remember, we looked in Jeremiah at a couple passages and Ezekiel at a couple passages. And God promised in those passages that he himself would come and search for the lost sheep of Israel. In Ezekiel 34, for example, verses 11 and 12, 
For thus says the Lord God, indeed, I myself, the Lord God speaking, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out as a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep. So will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And here we see the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, sending out his apostles as his under shepherds to go find those lost sheep. Just as he promised he would back in the Old Testament in Ezekiel 34, and he's sending out his under shepherds to find his lost sheep, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He says in verse seven, and as you go, you know, just as you're going. Preach. You should underline that word preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The message they were to preach was the same message Jesus was preaching. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The king has come. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, so freely give. Now, I want you to note here that the emphasis was on the preaching of the gospel. And the signs and the wonders came as a confirmation of the message of the gospel. The signs and wonders were secondary to preaching. Preaching should always be the emphasis. Preaching should always be the emphasis. The declaring of the gospel of Jesus Christ should always be at the forefront of everything that the church does. And not the other way around. You shouldn't make the emphasis anything else. Nothing should be put above the preaching of the gospel message. And that's how churches get off track. Because something is put in front of the gospel. Something is emphasized more than the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And what good does it really if a person is healed of a sickness but never hears the gospel of Jesus Christ? They never hear that Jesus died on the cross for them and through faith in Jesus Christ they can have their sins forgiven and they can receive eternal life. And they die in their sins. If they never hear the message of Jesus Christ, they die in their sins and their soul is lost to hell. Forever. So what good is that healing? What good is that miracle? If in the end, their soul is lost. The gospel message of Jesus Christ is always the most important thing we do. We can't allow anything to replace the preaching of the gospel. Jesus said, look at the verse again. Freely you have received, freely give. You know, there's... People that obviously, if they're healed of a sickness or a disease or leprosy or, you know, you raise the dead, that kind of thing. People are going to have such gratitude to the apostles for this miracle that there can be the temptation to abuse that. You know, so too with us, you know, we can have such gratitude to someone who the Lord has used in our lives and that the Lord has used to minister to us. And there can be the temptation to abuse that gratitude. And so here Jesus says, don't use God's power really to enrich yourself. Right. Don't use the gifts that you've been given by the Lord for your own purposes or for financial gain. Of course, we see people doing that, you know, on TV and that kind of thing. People are just using it 
and manipulating people for financial gain. Freely you've received the power, or freely you've received the gift, so freely just give it to others. Freely just use it. Now look at verse 9. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper and your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staff, for a worker is worthy of his food. And so Jesus tells the disciples they're to go on faith. They're to go on faith, just trusting the Lord that he will provide for their needs. Now, on another occasion later, Jesus will tell the disciples to take money and to take a bag with them, take provisions. But this time, they're to go on faith. The 12 apostles are going out to look for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And they're not to take anything with them. And through this trip, by going this way, going by faith, they will learn that the Lord is their shepherd. And that they shall not be in want. And that the Lord will provide for them. Walking by faith, living by faith, instead of walking by sight, can be difficult. Especially, listen, if you are the kind of person who likes to plan things down to the smallest detail. And you like to have everything mapped out months in advance. And you've got it all laid out on the calendar. And you've got spreadsheets that you can print out for everybody that is going to have this detailed, itemized, you know, order and itinerary. And here's the expenses. And this is how much it's going to cost. And you've got it all laid out for you. The life of faith can be challenging. But the danger with that, of being the kind of person that's got to map it all, every little detail, the danger with that is you can get things so figured out that you don't figure God in. And you don't have any place for the Holy Spirit to move. You don't have any place for the Holy Spirit to lead you because you've got it all already figured out and all mapped out. Also, that kind of detailed planning can convince you that what you are attempting to do cannot be done, that it's impossible, that if you, you know, I've added it all up, I've got the spreadsheets here, I've gone over the numbers three times, and there's just, there's no way this is going to work out. And you can talk yourself out of obeying the Lord and doing what he's calling you to do because the math doesn't add up. The math isn't supposed to add up. That's the point. You walk by faith, not by sight. Proverbs chapter 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. and all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. You lean not on your own understanding. The desire to understand everything before you commit to it, that desire to understand the plan and the itinerary and the finances and and. And how we're going to pay for this and how we're going to pay for that. And what's the date we're going to be here. And that's leaning on your own understanding. Now, there's a place for that. I'm not saying be reckless. But we want to go on faith. I've been on boards of churches. I sat in a board meeting one time, not for our church. And I, I listened to the pastor had this, this great idea for an outreach. And there were businessmen on the board. And those businessmen started bringing up, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about the finances? And what about, and how many people are giving? And do you have any big givers? What if that big giver leaves the church and then you're not getting, you know? 
and totally talked this guy out of what the Holy Spirit had so clearly put on his heart to do. You know, A.W. Tozer, in one of his devotionals, has this great devotion on, he calls it Philip the Calculator, right? When Jesus is going to feed the multitudes, and it's Philip who says, even if we have a year's worth of wages, we couldn't buy enough bread to feed all these people, right? And Tozer talks about, you know, the danger of having a Philip the Calculator in the group, who as soon as you have this idea from God of what God wants to do, he breaks out his calculator, And starts doing the calculation, right? Again, I'm not saying be reckless, but you don't want to allow your need to have it all mapped out and figured out and calculated out to talk you out of doing what God has asked you to do. You go on faith. And so let me just read a verse to you. He's sending them out here. But in Luke chapter 22, verse 35, you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. Luke chapter 22, verse 35. Listen to what Jesus says. He says to his disciples, when I sent you without money bag and knapsack and sandals, did you lack anything? And so they said, nothing. Remember that time I sent you out and just told you to go on faith and don't take anything with you? Did you lack anything? No. That's the life of faith. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Many of you can attest to that. Many of you have stories where we didn't have the money for this, we didn't have the money for that, or we didn't know how this was going to work out, and the Lord just worked it out. And here we are. All these years later, and we're still alive. (laughs) We've got clothes on our back and food in our belly and we're okay. Right? You know, I didn't think we were going to make it. We made it. Did you lack anything? No. And so verse 11. Now, whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. He says here, when you come to a town, you know, if someone welcomes you, someone receives your message, someone receives the gospel, they offer you a place to stay, they offer you hospitality, they're welcoming Well, then stay there. But as you know, not everyone is welcoming to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not everyone wants to hear it. And so he says, you know, if you go to another place and people aren't receptive to the gospel, they're not welcoming to you or to your message. Well, then don't stay there. (laughs) Right. It's real easy stuff. Not complicated. They don't like you. Don't go there. Right. Leave kind of thing. 
You know, an example of this in Luke chapter 9, Jesus and his disciples passed through a city in Samaria, and it says the people didn't receive him. And so he just kept going. Or we saw in an earlier chapter, back chapter 8, I think, where uh, Jesus goes to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, and he encounters the demon-possessed men. And then after he casts the demons out, the people of the city there asked him to leave. And so he got in a boat and he left. Right? Okay, they're not open to what I'm doing. And so I'm going to get in a boat and leave. And here Jesus said again, if you come to a town and the people aren't receptive to the gospel, then just leave and go on to someone else who is receptive to the gospel. Remember, the, the fields are white for harvest. There is a harvest out there. You're just in the wrong field. Right. So you need to go find the field where the harvest is and look at verse 14 again. This is important. When you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet on your way out of town. Shake the dust off your feet. Now, shaking the dust off your feet made a very big statement by shaking the dust off your feet. You communicated the seriousness of their rejection of Jesus Christ. Sometimes you can have a conversation with someone about Jesus Christ And it's a very polite conversation and the person rejects what you're saying, but they do it in a very polite way and they're very kind about it. And they, hey, that's fine for you. I think that's great. But personally, I'm I'm a Buddhist. Or personally, I'm a Muslim or, you know, I'm an agnostic. I'm an atheist. Or I hear what you're saying and it sounds wonderful, but I'm just not sure that that's for me. Thank you for sharing. And they're all very nice about it. We don't want to walk away from that conversation, leaving that person with some false sense of security. That what they believe. Makes them acceptable to God or that they can hold the view that they hold and still go to heaven. In that culture, by shaking the dust off your feet, it was a way of saying You are under God's judgment if you do not repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Or this town is going to be judged if you all do not repent and believe in Jesus Christ. And I don't want even the dust of this town sticking to me when the judgment comes down. Rejecting Jesus Christ, listen, is the single worst sin a person can commit. It's worse than murder or anything else you can come up with because there's no forgiveness for it. Any other sin can be forgiven. But the rejection of Jesus Christ, that person, there's no way for that person to be saved if they reject Jesus Christ. They have rejected the only way of salvation that's provided from God. And so if a person rejects Jesus Christ, when we share the gospel with them, they reject it. We want to be clear with them. But if they reject the forgiveness that Jesus Christ provides for their sins, they have rejected the only way of forgiveness and salvation that God has provided. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father, but through me. And I think, you know, the day that we live in the culture that we live in, where we want to be respectful of each other's views. And I get that. And there is a point of that. But we also want to make sure that we don't leave that person with some false sense that they're okay with God because of the views that they hold are equal to the views of what the Bible says. Right. We need to be clear with people. That rejecting Jesus Christ 
there's no way to be saved without Jesus Christ. And so if you reject him, you reject the gospel, you're doomed to judgment. Again, looking at verse 15, assuredly, I say to you, look what he says here. It will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment for that city. Now, again, if you remember, Jesus is writing primarily to a Jewish audience. He's speaking to a Jewish audience. And in the Jewish mind, you really can't get more wicked than Sodom and Gomorrah. Right. And to say it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city that rejects the gospel message. Now, this shows us that Jesus believed the account of the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah that's recorded in Genesis chapter 19. Jesus took the book of Genesis literally. And he believed that God poured out fire and judgment on the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah for their wickedness. He also tells us here in this verse, there will be a day of judgment for people. What the Bible calls the great white throne judgment. It's described in Revelation chapter 20. I'll just read it to you. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. And then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. There's a judgment. There's a judgment coming. And the only way to escape that judgment is through Jesus Christ. We also see here in verse 15 that there are degrees of judgment. Degrees of judgment. Jesus said it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment. So there's degrees of severity. Why will it be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah? Well, Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have an apostle come to them. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have a prophet that came and warned them. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have a Bible. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have Christian radio. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have YouTube. Sodom and Gomorrah didn't have a bunch of churches in the town. And so it will be more tolerable for them. Because we've had greater access to the gospel message. And so here Jesus gives us just some wonderful lessons about his calling upon our life. And serving him. The harvest truly is plentiful. There's a whole harvest out there just waiting for someone to come and to point them to Jesus Christ, to give them the answer that they're looking for. What should we do? We should pray. Pray that God would send laborers out into the harvest, and then he's probably going to send you and send me. And you're going to feel totally inadequate. I'm not, I can't do it, Lord. You're supposed to feel inadequate. Because you are an adequate. And he will empower you 
and equip you with what you need to go out and do the work that he's called you to do. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, and he has more to share with you next time. How is what you're hearing from this book landing in your heart? If there's anything that's prompting you to seek out more questions or to ask for prayer in any way, would you be willing to give us a call and talk to us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask for God to help you with whatever you might be wondering or thinking about. Our number is 410-491-4592. The number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this first book of the New Testament. Pastor Dan has more to teach on from Matthew, and we're excited for you to join us as we continue growing. There's so much to appreciate by reading God's Word. We hope you'll tune in next time and be a part of our listening audience right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.